1: Well, hello Seattle, hello Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced small your weekend wine guy, and uh, your Baron of Brewskis, well, I should say your Wizard of Whiskey tonight, um, was out and about recently and uh, had a great time at Whiskey and Chowder Fest, and uh, I've got some, some of the files, some of the interviews I held uh, uh, that... That lovely evening, with replete with whiskeys and uh, (laughs) well chowder of all sorts. Um, So tune in. Uh, We're going to talk to. Seattle Distilling, Port Ludlow, Chefs, Semiyamu, J.P. Trotten, Copperleaf, right here in Happy Hour. Radio. hope you enjoy it. Okay, my first stop here is with uh, Seattle Distilling, and I have the pleasure of reuniting with Tammy Brockway-Joyce. Tammy just made me this cool cocktail. Tammy, um, tell me what you've got here at Whiskey Chowder Fest. What is this cocktail?
2: So we've got a mini revolver. It's our Seattle Distilling Idle Hour Single Malt Whiskey. Coffee liqueur. Coffee liqueur, just won a gold medal. And uh, it's got a splash of orange bitters from Scrappy's.
1: I like those little bottles that the uh, scrappies put together. Cute? Yeah. They're about a half ounce, probably half the size of a little plastic bottle of uh, well, of alcohol, I guess. Um, so tasty! What is this called?
2: This is a revolver.
1: A revolver. And when was this uh, fashioned or coined or created?
2: This is an old Prohibition era cocktail.
1: They used coffee back then. They did. Yep. Wow. I, wonder, what were they, I Think they had Kahlua. Irish whiskey.
2: Ah. I- I wonder. I bet they had some homemade hooch, you know, behind the bar.
1: Yes, for sure. Wow, that is really delicious. I think the bitterness of the coffee comes through, and it makes it more of a, I'll call it a savory drink, a savory note versus a really sweet. Yeah. But you get the nice warmth of the whiskey bit back there. Mm, I can see why that one is uh, gold medal. That's fantastic. So where do we find you? Uh, we are,
2: we're making our stuff out on Bashon Island, but you can find us at most Albertsons, QFC, Safeways, True, Total Wine & More,
1: Whole Foods. What's your website?
2: Uh, www.seattledistilling.com.
1: Oh, awesome stuff. Have a great time. Thank you. Hey, next stop is for some food, and I'm here uh, with stopping by the Port Ludlow Resort with Chef Daniel Radigan. Daniel, um, tell me about uh, the Port Ludlow Resort. Where's it at?
3: Port Ludlow Resort is just about 15 minutes over the Hood Canal Bridge in the Olympic Peninsula. Um, The inn at Port Ludlow is a 37 room inn. Um, Every room has a beautiful jetted tub, big fireplace. We have a wonderful restaurant down there where we feature farm-to-table products. Um, we get uh, 90% of our, our products from local farmers in uh, kind of within the Chibicum Valley, uh, which is real close to us. Uh, um, Sounds
1: awesome. And uh, how long have you been executive chef there? I've been there for eight years now. Oh, congratulations, man. So uh, you've really grown up with this whole farm-to-table notion then, huh?
3: Well, it's it's evolved. It evolves like, you know, you're always looking for the next best thing. That's and, cool. And, and I imagine t- at, a, at a resort you have some of the, the familiar staples, that
1: the comfort foods that everyone likes to have when they're sort of relaxing at that location.
3: Absolutely. You know, we, put, we, we try to put a Northwest twist on on everything we can, but we always keep the theme local. Yeah, great, and uh, your wine list or, or cocktail list, are you, are you supporting the local craft distilleries and such? Absolutely, we use a lot of local ciders. We have uh, Finn River Cider, Alpen Fire Cider, Eagle Mount Cider, all all within a short drive. Did you us. use some of that cider in here today? Absolutely. Oh really? Yes, we got a little Alpenfire
1: Cider there. Let's here. see, you said this right. is a, a, a Dungeness Crab and Cider Bisque. Um, it's made from butternut squash, which has been turned into a bisque, pureed, and uh, a Mystery Bay goat cheese. You never want to say Mystery Bay meat, right? You just always just the goat cheese. All right, so uh, this is cute. I like this. This is my first chowder of the night. Okay, I've had my first warm and delicious bite of uh, Chef Daniel Radigan's uh, Port Ludlow Resort Chowder. This is the Dungeness Crab, um, squash, bisque, and uh, a little Mystery Bay goat cheese. Where's the Mystery Bay
3: from? Mystery Bay is from Maristone Island. It's just about 15 minutes past the resort.
1: Oh, Heartstein Island and Maristone Island. I know those islands. Yep. Great. This are over in the Hood Canal area. Um, this, is, this is lovely. It's got It's the sweetness makes you think of a comfort warm. Uh, like a hot toddy kind of thing and then you've got the, the brightness sal- salinity, salinity of the Dungeness crab with that texture and the goat cheese is just a little bit piquant yes. nice stuff, thanks chef. thank you Hey, I'm, I'm still hungry, so I'm with uh, Kelly Stanley, who is one of the uh, chefs at Semiamu Resort and Spa. Hey, Kelly, I'm really digging this clam chowder, sorry, black cod chowder, I'm so used to saying clam chowder. Tell me all about uh, semiyamu and then this recipe.
4: Uh, Semiamu is up in Blaine, Washington. It's just south of the Canadian border, so we can see White Rock from the dock. Um, it's a really great resort. We've got a spa and two restaurants. So there's uh, two, restaurants. two restaurants. Yeah, there's Packers Oyster Bar, which is um, more casual. We've got a lot of bar food and beer and things like that. And then um Pier Side Kitchen is our fine dining restaurant.
1: Really? Was Chet Holstein the work in there?
4: I don't know Chet. I'm sorry.
1: Chet, I think it was the wine guy. But he was at a steakhouse up in uh, Blaine. I think it was, at Simeon. was a
4: Simeon. J- uh, Jack Neiman?
1: Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe anyway. We'll cut that out. <laughs> okay. Um, so tell me about this great chowder.
4: Uh, the chowder is made from smoked black cod. So uh, black cod is a Pacific Ocean fish and it's really fatty.
1: Yeah, the sable fish.
4: Yeah. Uh, so I cured it in a mix of like half sugar half salt for a couple hours and then smoked it with uh, hickory chips.
1: Oh you smoked the the whole fish. Right, excellent. I
4: laid them out first, took the skin off and and, uh, then I made a fish stock out of all the bones and that was the base for the soup.
1: Do you use mirepoix with a fish stock?
4: Um, No, you you don't want to put like uh, carrots in it so you want to use a white mirepoix. I got it. Which instead of carrots you use parsnips.
1: Perfect, Uh, quite tasty and the pork belly. To me that's over a winner. Um, obviously, the rich succulent. Uh, this must be a special pig. This is pork belly with apple salad and measle vinaigrette, which I really like. You know, the whole black cod thing is going through. Um, <laughs> tell me about this dish.
4: Uh, the pork belly we got from Acme. It's uh, Jack Mountain Meats is a is a company out of Acme, Washington.
1: So they're local. So Mag- Mabton? What's, that? What, what's the town Jack of Washington?
4: Mountain Meats. The
1: town. Acme. Acme. How about that? It's Acme. not Acme
5: Meats. Yeah
4: it is so they're locally raised pigs and i uh, braised the pork belly in manny's pale ale and some herbs and then we just flash it in the oven
1: awesome well you guys like you got some customers here so i let them sneak in and i'm going to take a bite and uh, tell y'all about this all right no i need some some consumer reaction here yeah. guys so get in there dig in Well, you have to like pork belly this brings a lot of pork belly to this pork belly dish. Wow that is so savory and succulent. Mmm yeah. it is good. You got just enough char on there. Yeah. Uh, of course if you go any further it just gets smaller and more, smaller. <laughs> oh uh, great stuff. So you have a website?
4: We do semiyamu.com.
1: Semiyamu.com. We go enjoy the two restaurants and a spa and uh, golf? There is lots of golf. Lots Beautiful of golf. golf. All right. And Kelly Stanley thanks so much. Thank you. I'm, okay next up I'm thirsty after that great pork belly which was just amazing. And uh, I'm here with Jennifer and Mark from J.P. Trotten Distilling, uh, one of the local distilleries here in Washington State. And I'm looking at some major bling on their bottle here. They've got uh, a gold medal and a silver medal. Actually, I think it's... uh, Double Gold 2015, yes. And that is from the San Francisco Chronicle uh, International Wine Spirits (laughs) Tasting, which took place uh, last month. And uh, they get thousands of spirits, so uh, a lot of cred for that. It's great. Uh, We'll have the Seattle International uh, Spirits Awards coming up soon. Uh, But, Jennifer, um, love this whiskey. Tell me about this. J.P. Drodden.
6: So, J.P. Trotten is a brainchild of Mark Nessheim. He sources all the grain from a family farm in Quincy, Washington. And our mash bill is 70% corn, 30% winter wheat.
1: And that's Yakima corn? That
6: is all from Quincy. Oh, from, from a Quincy. a small, small, family farm over They got it there. both then, huh? Yeah. Everything. It's a second generation family farm. And we like to think of this as a third generation product because <laughs> it's named after Mark's grandfather.
1: So. Oh, really? That's like, I like that story.
6: So he was a mail carrier during Prohibition. Up uh, His mail route took him back and forth over the Canadian border. So he was able to stash a little oh, whiskey in his mail bag story. to share with his friends. Now, he didn't bootleg, but he was known to always have some whiskey on hand.
7: I uh, love that. So That's in his
6: honor, Lord. we have named this bourbon after him.
1: Well, and you truly uh, made him an honor because this fest is fantastic. It's good stuff. Yeah.
6: So little known well, fact, his mail route was called the Star Route, and uh-huh. the cabin that he lived in was... And he was uh, yeah. doing the mail route, was cabin number five on the star route. Oh, wow. So now you've got all the inside information on David.
1: Yeah. I love it. I can see the video now you're introducing the old guy and talking old-timey-like. Um, delicious. <laughs> and this spirit is aged three years in three what years kind of oak? new
6: oak barrels that we get from Hodgenville, Kentucky. Kentucky.
1: All right. So is that Kentucky wood or is that Missouri wood or we know where the wood come from?
6: We think the wood comes from Kentucky.
1: <laughs> Very good. Sure. And I like your display. It's simple and you've got uh, the grains of corn and... Uh, the uh, winter wheat. Uh, when is winter wheat harvested?
6: I don't know the answer to that.
1: Oh, Mark might know the answer. June.
6: That. June.
1: At noon. June. June. <laughs> <laughs> noon in June. Uh, so fun. That corn looks a little different than the corn uh, I see uh, at my house. Is it any different or is it the same?
6: I, I think Mark might be able to help you out with the answer to that question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm let him talk. You're the you're the uh, good looks. And the customer smile, I like that. So, Mark, tell me about the grains here. Um, you said that uh, winter wheat is actually harvested in June.
7: Yes. Yeah, winter wheat is actually planted uh, after the first frost. It sits in the ground and. When spring arrives and the ground warms up, the wheat starts to grow. From around June to July, it's ready to be harvested. I can't remember that. I have a place
1: in Walla Walla and we had wheat on there that first year, so and it takes me back. Now this corn, is this the corn I get on
7: my cob at home? Uh, well, it's not the grade that you're gonna get for fresh eating corn. Okay, so this is a little more chewy, a little starchier. <laughs> it's a little chewy, a little starchier. <laughs>
1: yeah, work to get those. Yeah, out. that's right. you get the uh, get some ribs, and they'll be fine. But uh, fantastic! Uh, you have a website.
7: Yes, we do. J.P.Trodden.com. And uh, tasting room? Yes. Uh, Saturdays, noon to five. Okay. And where are you again? We're in Woodinville in the warehouse district, uh, the area known as Artisan Hill.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, great whiskey. Uh, thanks for being here at uh, Whiskey and Shatter Fest. Hope you get some shatter. I'll talk to you again on air. Yeah. Thanks. thanks so after that great J.P. J.P.Trodden uh, bourbon whiskey, it was fantastic. I'm uh, getting a little hungry. So I uh, wandered over here to uh, a great place called Copperleaf. And if you haven't wandered there yet, you have to head down to SeaTac and the Cedarbrook Lodge because Copperleaf restaurant is truly a uh, gem in our Pacific Northwest. Uh, I've got chef uh, Mark Baudenet who works at the Copperleaf restaurant. Him and Roy Breiman run the show and uh, Mark's gonna tell me uh, all about this great chatter. Mark, uh,
5: tell me about Copperleaf and about your recipe tonight. Uh, Copperleaf's a local farm-to-table sustainable style restaurant. We source all of our ingredients, the majority of our ingredients from local farms along with our on-site chef's garden and uh, You know, we want to give back to our community. We want our community to support what we're doing and go back and support the farms that are in their area as well. And so it's important for the guests to come in, experience beautiful rhubarb from Richter Farms and Puyallup and Pleasant View Farms duck, of chicken and all the beautiful things, the bounty that we have right here in the Northwest, and be able to get that to the table, and for them to go out and support the farm—that's what we do. Awesome!
1: Uh, wow, I'm in, and uh, I've been over there. The restaurant fantastic, very comfortable, and a lovely location. Uh, so tonight's chowder
5: at the first annual Whiskey and Chowder Fest is uh, today we have a duck garbure, which is a classic French duck stew with beans, and we have Willowood Farm heirloom beans that are just absolutely fabulous. Rockwell uh, from Farmer Georgie out on Whitby, she grows the beans. Drops and packs them, everything. She does all the hard work and brings them to us, and all we have to do is cook them. Is that Rockwell's a town, or is that a type of bean? You know, I think that's just the type of the bean. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> it comes from
1: Rockwell. Yeah, not in New Mexico. No, here in Washington. Well, fantastic. I just took a sip, and um, to me, this is this is heaven in a little paper cup with the uh, the savory, the chi- uh, the duck confit, the chewy texture, and the bean. I mean, I'm a big Castellet fan, and you've got this uh, a little more, a little easier to handle. Good stuff. So, Mark, uh, what are your hours down when the restaurant opened down there?
5: Uh, we are open 400 days of the year, uh, every day. We do lunch and dinner service, and uh, we have continental breakfast provided for all hotel guests as well. So um, you'll come on down, visit the hotel, see the spa, have dinner in the restaurant. Uh, just come in and support your community, support uh, local farms, and eat good food. All right, Mark.
1: Thanks so much. It's, it's really a, a short drive to be a world away in our beautiful Pacific Northwest. Child is beautiful. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. All right, hope you enjoyed uh, those tastes of whiskey and all that great chowder at Chowder and Whiskey Fest. Uh, Coming up next, I've got uh, the chef from Ray's and Alderbrook Resort and the distillers from Bainbridge Island, Tattooche and Mischief. So stick around, folks, be right back on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI 1 and O weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to round two, segment two. Hope you got something great in your glass and uh we are enjoying a little uh, on-site libations and some great, great seafood. Uh, courtesy of the Whiskey and Chowder Fest. This is a, a wonderful event. It uh, takes place um, about February, so we're, we're going back in time here, but uh, this is to wet your whistle for next February. WhiskeyandChowderFest.com features uh, like 16 different great chefs and a host of distilleries, all pouring whiskey and bourbon and, uh, well, good stuff, good times. Um, coming up in this segment, I've got the chef from Ray's, the chef from Alderbrook Resort, and uh, the Shout from the SunCadia Resort. So we'll have a battle of those uh, uh, the resorts. And uh, I've got Tattooche Distilling, Bainbridge Distillers, and Mischief in Fremont. Um, tasting some great whiskeys and also some cocktails, and uh, it's a great time. So uh, mark the calendars for February coming up in uh, 2017, whiskeychowderfest.com. Um, if this makes you hungry, well, then you got to get yourself out to raise or SunCadia in Alderwood or uh, Alderbrook Lodge. Uh, They still got it still got the chefs and of course the plenty of cocktails. So hope you enjoy it. Cheers Hey, I need some food now, and uh, I found the right spot to be it's called Ray's Rays out there in social Bay And I've got uh, the man himself the executive chef Paul Duncan here uh, serving up some cool sliders. Hey, Paul What you got tonight?
7: Uh, We're doing a uh, salmon slider a little uh, pickled onion baby arugula nice uh, nice brioche bun Garlic and lemon aioli. You know, trying to do a little thing, uh, a little something substantial for the people out here at the
1: whiskey chowder fest. Yeah, that's good. I like the slider. You stand out. And uh, what's the secret to the salmon part?
7: I think it's the way that we emulsify it. I think that we're, uh, you know, we're blending some and we're uh, we're dicing the other. And it's all, you know, it's it's the salmon that Ray's gets uh, uh, all year long, and and uh, we're able to stand behind the quality of the of the salmon. That wonderful protein just adds the great flavor uh, that would
1: blend the spices with. I, I'm excited to taste it. I think there's something that is always in everyone's mind. It's like, oh, is there going to be a fishbone? That's what we dread. And, and we've all had that fishbone yeah. go there. And it's like, sometimes they're like always oh, scared. So we have nothing to worry about, because you guys really emulsify and mince this down to
7: where you can obviously see something's not going to hurt. Oh, we keep it. Uh, there's, there's a lot of due diligence here with this, especially when you're just handing them out. We uh, we make sure that every bite is going to be perfect. All right, because it looks so good I could just swallow the whole damn thing. (laughs) We'll hand it out and we'll we'll, uh, we'll make you stick to those words.
1: Hey, well it's great to see you again. I know you were on the show um, uh, last year and a half, and uh, you look like you filled the role of executive chef very well.
7: It's all starting to come together. I've got a great team, and um, we're looking forward. God willing, we'll win the next game. Absolutely. Well, Duncan, thanks so much. Thanks a lot.
1: Well, I'm still hungry and I'm going to roll over to uh, Alderbrook Resort and Spa where executive chef Josh Delgado is preparing a corn chowder of Alaskan weathervane scallop that means that's the good kind and uh, smoked shoulder bacon well this sounds really tasty and Alderbrook is uh, one of those nice resorts of course a full-time spa hey Josh uh, tell me about Alderbrook Resort and Spa
8: well alderbrooks a, it's a great place out on the Hood Canal it's kind of a hidden gem not not a whole lot of people know about it yet uh, and the beautiful thing about uh, the place is that it, it's it's really relaxing we have a shellfish certified shore so right in front of the restaurant we have on the left side of our dock we have all of our Pacific oysters that we grow on the beach. No
1: peeing in the pool.
8: There's no there's no peeing in the pool yeah <laughs> or, or you or you should at least wait yeah and then on the right side we have all of our like manila clams and, uh, and little neck clams so it, it's it's quite cool we have uh, like I was like I was saying earlier. Um, is
1: that scheduled on the work the stage the of the day you gotta go clam digging for two hours or is it by the tide right? You do yeah whatever you whatever you eat you have to actually replace. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So
8: it's a, it's a great area. You know, we have a bunch of wild mushrooms in the area, and then we have uh, a lady, you know, just a couple miles down the road who grows uh, wasabi. You know, nobody does that. I hear they
1: grow a lot of things over there, wasabi being one of them. They do. They do grow a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of corn farmers have switched over. Uh, to other things, that's yeah. great. Um, so, tell me, how long have you been over at Alderbrook Resort I, and Spa? I've been there for about nine months. Great. And where were you before that? I was at the Barking Frog for about seven years. Yeah, that's great. Uh, good tutelage uh, yeah. under, under Bobby Moore. And uh, so, tell me about the dish tonight. This is the first uh, chowder and whiskey fest Um, what do we got so I have a Alaskan weather vane scallop that we
8: just gently warmed up in a bacon and corn chowder a little parsley oil some pickled corn and then fresh grated
1: wasabi over the top. okay I'm ready to try one let's give it a taste Uh, and I'm excited about this this is what happens when you hang with me folks come on out and uh, we'll get hooked up with all the chefs Uh, (laughs) no lines and uh, having a good time for sure so this is my taste of his uh, Alaskan I'm a big scallop fan here we go well, if you could hear me, I'd be saying mm Mm, as they dip this spoon into this uh, gorgeous light broth and um, creaminess and corn um, with crunchy celery and really fresh bits of corn. I'm going to ask him where he gets it. Nice uh, flavors with the chive oil, and the scalp is, is heaven. It's perfectly cooked. You would think sometimes you would get poached in your in your soup or something like that. This is really tender. It's got uh, just a hint of a sear on it, but the texture is consistent, and um, I really love it. Hey, Josh, this, uh, this dish is awesome. The scalp is perfect. Thank you so much. That's the secret. How's the secret to get those scalps so perfect? Uh, you just bare, just barely warm them. Barely warm them, okay, and it works. Um, I love it. Well, I'm gonna go back to eating this, so uh, I'll stick around I'll get some uh, some spirits here next. Okay, down at uh, Whiskey and Chowder Fest here in Soto, um, I need something to drink, and I found the Tattoos Distilling people. Uh, my friend Mark with Tattoos Distilling. Hey bud, what'd you, what are you pouring for me here?
7: So right here we have our Tattoos Rye. It's a beautiful rye, 70% rye, Asian, full-size American oak barrels. Very classic, very smooth rye. So, Wonderful in a Manhattan affair you
1: smooth and quite delicious. Um, it seems like it's got a little more spice or a little more proof. What's the proof here? So
7: this is 86 proof. 86. We played around with the proof and really settled that 86 was the right and then the way we blended this one together we do have a little more spice on the back end so it's got a beautiful spice finish to it.
1: This is really tasty. I remember we talking about how you picked that proof uh, on the show back in September and it's good to see you out and about. Uh, how is this first year, year event going?
7: It's going really well. It's great to be here. Great crowd, great group of people. We have wonderful food, lots of beautiful distilled here. Having a blast tonight. Yeah,
1: lots of beautiful sweaters. This is great. <laughs> yeah. It's sweater season. Hey, so uh, give me a website and where can people find your tasting room?
7: Absolutely you can find us at uh, TattoosDistillery.com and our tasting room is right down in the uh, South Park area.
1: South Park. Okay, yep. open.
7: Hey, it's open. We're private on our tasting, so give us a call. And all we'll right,
1: all right. VIP appointment. It's easy to be had. Hey, great stuff, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, as I'm hanging uh, next to my friends from Tattoos Distilling, there's this huge cauldron of of uh, bubbly, delicious looking seafood chowder. And uh, apparently, the chef of Sun Katie Resort. Uh, It's uh, this Puget Sound mussel chowder with double-smoked bacon. Uh, Chef Rick Schell, uh, he's got an accent, and I was just drawn to it. Plus, this stuff looks so good, i got to have some. Hey, Rick, tell me all about this chowder.
9: This chowder is fabulous. We got some uh, local mussels, and we stewed down with some white wine, fennel, garlic, and shallots, and made the the, the base with the chowder with some cream, some smoked bacon, a little bit of saffron. We top it off with the fresh herbs and uh, breadcrumb that we make. That's with anchovies, garlic, and saffron
1: yeah that's crazy stuff was a great
9: I topic. mean the great heard- topping Exactly. Great topping. We paired it with our smoked trout cake.
1: So it's, it's a, a trout, trout cake. Excellent. Trout I cake. was like, wow, that's different. Mm. Awesome. Excellent. Where's Suncadia?
9: We are an hour and a half from here, so we are located in <laughs> in, in Cleveland, Washington. Alright,
1: and a great place. You got a you got a website? We do, suncadia.com. And uh, you've got an access, so do you
9: get your cooking shops back east? I'm from the south. I went to the CIA in Hyde Park, uh, upstate in, in, in New York, but worked in, in Virginia, Maine. Awesome.
1: Well, you got a great presentation, and the stew is delicious, um, and that crumble, oh, perfect texture for this great dish. Congratulations. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. So now I'm thirsty after that great shouter. I'm over here at Bainbridge Organic Distillers, and I've got the lovely uh, Aaron. Aaron's the brand ambassador for Bainbridge Island Distillers. Organic Distillers, where are you at? You're in Bainbridge, but where?
6: Bainbridge Island. We're uh, off Sportsman Club Road.
1: Excellent. And uh, what's your website?
6: Uh, Distillers.com.
1: Excellent, so you got some, you said you started talking about this 100% Walla Walla Wheat Whiskey Tell me about this
6: Yes, so it's 100% Walla Walla Wheat It is organic Uh, It is double distilled and aged for at least two years in a brand new 10 gallon barrel
1: Fantastic, I'm ready to try some And uh, what batch would this be? What vintage, if we had a vintage on it, would it be?
6: I believe it is 21
1: 2011?
6: 21
1: (laughs) Oh, vintage 21 So even make, I see, so batches, right? Batch 21 All right, okay This is great. I'm going to take a sip. The heavy char. Alright, so uh, this is a a full and round mouthful of uh, whiskey and uh, vanilla and toast and char. Um, It has a smooth attack and uh, it's got a great spice mid-palate. It finishes a little sharp, but it's really dry, and it actually, you know, um, this is a nice proof. This is pretty balanced. What's the proof here? 86. 86. So uh, I think that might be something about the 86s. 86 proof whiskeys that they really are round and supple. They got that glycerol feel, but they give you a little of the warming heat, and it's just a little bit of the bite. Um, this is really pretty tasty. Okay, Aaron Wood. Um, this is a pretty cool whiskey, and uh, this is the one you, uh, bottling you have, expression you have here today. But how many other spirits do you produce at Bainbridge Organic Distillers?
6: We make a vodka, a vanilla vodka, and a gin. Uh, we also have a bourbon coming out in a year, and we are working on a special Japanese oaked barley whiskey that should come out uh, March or April.
1: I saw that in a the, in the magazine today, and I was like, "Wow, Bainbridge is serious. They're going uh, with a full-page color ad in a, a trade industry magazine, and that bottle is, is absolutely." Absolutely looks like a Japanese creation. It's very artful, and it's really neat to see someone actually take that expression to the the highest level. I mean, that's really putting a luxury product down there. I would imagine it's in that $100 range. Uh,
6: 495.
1: Yes, that <laughs> was close. 100 bucks for the bottle on eBay, right? <laughs> That'll be the day. Well, thanks, Aaron Wood. Um, good stuff. Hey, hope you enjoyed the whiskey and chowder fest segment. Um, I've got one more. It's uh, called Mischief Distilling, and we're going to jump into uh, little Italian wines at Travecari with my friend Craig Hestrom and Azuro Wines. Stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs>
0: A Northwest original, Lars Larson, live weekdays noon to three, Talk Radio five seventy KVI. KVI, want to know weekends continue? Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: Hey, all right, it's time for round three. Hope you got something great in your glass, and uh, perhaps you have a little Fremont Distillers mischief. A little mischief and mayhem something tasty we do a little interview with uh, from my time at Whiskey and Chowder Fest and then coming up I've got the Trey Becari interview with my pal Craig Hedstrom of Azura Wines we're going to talk about uh, well all what Trey Becari means the three cups at Gambero Rosso so stick around hope you enjoy it I'm here at uh, Fremont Mischief Distillery and I uh, have the, the pleasure of speaking with co-owner uh, Patty and her husband Mike um, they're here at the Whiskey and Chowder Fest 2016 I love it you know what's coming back. Okay, so Patty poured me a little bit of brown. So Patty, um, tell me about Mischief Fremont Mischief Distilling.
10: Oh, well, Fremont Mischief Distilling, we were one of the new, or one of the first distilleries in the state of Washington. I think Dry Fly first, then Woodenville, uh, Sound Spirits, then us. So we've been around since 2009. We have six years whiskey, which uh, you know, in craft distilling, that is an old whiskey, and we've got some that are really good. The one you're about to drink, take um, a sip of it. It has a lovely concentrated flavor. Um, new American and charred oak barrel, a number three char hand selected wow. these barrels and they are single cask in each bottle so we don't mix the cask, we just single cask them and we go through our barrel house and sip and sort them for the ones that we say, these are the reserve, these are that
1: good. So cool, I love the story already. So how did you get into distilling? You were in the shipyard business or something?
10: We had shipyards in town, we built uh, in one of our shipyards, a, a typical job would be to slice a crabber in half, stretch it out 40 feet and build in all the, the layers again. Uh, and in our second house in our second yard we built houseboats on Lake Union.
1: Oh, so cool.
10: Uh, two and two thousand and five thousand square feet. So these are craftsman style homes oh,
1: yeah. that are on the water. Very well, I'm beautiful. I'm jealous of five thousand square feet.
10: My, my husband Mike started out drawing them to scale by hand, and then we build them from the ground up.
1: So he's an architect, and you're an engineer. How's that work?
10: Uh, I was in software. I wrote, we wrote <laughs> software, very complex software. But when we turned fifty, you know, you reevaluate your life and say, what do we want to do with our last fifty years? And uh, I love we, that halfway. Everybody. <laughs> we're at the halfway mark, and we, uh, you know, what we said is. Uh, I <laughs> Three, it was the three shifts a day at Christmas and getting the fishing boats out. We said we don't want to do this anymore. We had 300 employees and so what we um, we just uh, kind of throttled back. We knew how to build a distillery. Oh, we knew how to do all the piping. We, uh, Mike built the uh, Campbell Soup plant up in Everett. So we know how to do, oh, we know wow. how to build plants.
1: Oh, fantastic. And, well, uh, I tell you, this plant is, is, whiskey, has grown so well. There we are. Uh, this whiskey, again, you poured me the witch? I poured you the Dark Northern Reserve. Oh, this is amazing. This is uh, I thought Westland distillery and I still believe they got a fantastic whiskey obviously different style but this is one of the this is world-class thank
10: you we Uh, think so too we're we're thrilled with it now the only place you can get it is right here tonight uh, in support of of city fruit or at the distillery it hasn't been released to our distributor yet although it will be this spring
1: Uh, we'll have to get you on the show because I see you have uh, three other spirits as well is this your full lineup there from Fremont Mischief
10: this is the full lineup of whiskeys although we have bourbons on the barrel that we haven't dumped a bottle in yeah
1: I love that and uh, how many years will those be old when you release them?
10: Well, the rice, so we're getting six years. The bourbons, we started about three years after those. So they're, we just Oh my. Them yet. Oh
1: wow, finally someone had the patience and the resources, and the resources. to do it right. right. And we- I love the, the uh, joy de vivre, and you have like a little bit of an accent. I almost feel like I'm here um, somewhere far away or something first, like that.
10: Uh, first generation Dutch.
1: Oh, perfect. Well, my so grandfather's my Dutch.
10: called John Jacob, and there's, there's at least five John Jacobs in my family in, in America and another five in Holland still.
1: That's great. My grandfather's from Holland, so I appreciate the Dutch. Yeah, that's why I'm so tall. Huh? Great stuff. I'll have you on the show and we'll taste all the spirits. Thanks so much. And your website again?
10: Uh, Fremontmischief.com.
1: And your tasting room is open?
10: It's open on Wednesday through Sunday, generally noon to 6.
1: <laughs> generally noon to 6, in case you're Irish or something. Hey, uh, so much fun, Patty. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Thank you. Hey, hope you enjoyed the Whiskey and Chowder Fest experience coming up in February 2017, so make plans. Next up, I'm heading down to the Seattle Center for Trey Beccari and the Gambero rosso tasting. I have an old pal, Craig Hedstrom, with Azuro Wines. He's going to teach us all about his Italian portfolio, so salute. Craig, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Last time we chatted, we were talking about Oregon wine, and uh, it's good to have you with some international stuff. So, tell me about uh, your portfolio
9: here with Italians. Well, I have a, I make sure to not copy any regions, so I only have one producer from each region throughout Italy, but this is one of the premier, by far and away, the premier producer in the region, Gregory Parrucci.
1: Gregory Parrucci. I like that. All right, so what wines do we have here today? I know you just poured some Zinfandel in my glass, which is really exciting, but let's chat about the whole lineup here. What do you have? You yeah, yeah. see a white there.
9: Yeah, so we make four whites of rosé made from Negromaro, and then we make the native varietal Verdeca. We also do Fiano and Vermentino, which are great coastal whites, warm-weathered, and still make beautiful dry he whites. You said the
1: native grape was? Verdeca. Verdeca, huh? Yeah. And that's a red? Grape? That's a white grape. That's a white grape, Verdeca, like Verdicchio. different.
9: Ah, much different. It's its own varietal, um, standalone. It's only produced in small amounts in Apulia, but really crisp, high acid seafood white, just like the region calls for.
1: Great. So when we're thinking of Apulia, we're thinking about the lower part, the sole of the boot.
9: Yeah, right down on the very tip of the stiletto, so to speak.
1: Okay, great. And so I'm, I'm imagining that's really warm area. Tell me about the soil conditions and the vineyard style of. Uh, uh, training here.
9: Yeah, well, once you get a chance to go through the little portfolio, it has all four of the crews that have four different um, soil types, very sandy, right on the seaside, white soil, clay, red soil, volcanic, and black soil, very rich, nutritious, like you would find in Napa, all produced very differently, and we so we train the vines differently, anything from albarello, which is the old bush vine, to more modern, contemporary trellising. And how
1: how did what drew you to get involved? with uh, Italian wines
9: they're delicious it's the most beautiful place in the world especially as far as civilizations go the food really the culture I fell in love with even back when I was working in the Oregon wine industry it's really always where my heart was
1: excellent so I see a town here and we're talking about the uh, the boot of uh, Italy and we're talking about the stiletto and this is a long stiletto how long is the the region or how, how what's the length of the region the coastline there
9: the coastline stretches all the way from central Italy all the the way farther south than even Greece, so it, it's a it's a long long drive, and I've made it before. So it, it takes uh, almost a whole day, but the whole coastline is considered to be the best beachfront in all of Italy.
1: All right, What's your choice of car when you're you're tooling around Apulia? <laughs> Fiat, of course. Fiat, of course. <laughs> well, let's talk about this wine. So I've got a Zinfandel, and what's really cool is that uh, the Zinfandel here um, is actually named Zinfandel. That's something rare do you see in uh, well? There's uh many varieties called the grape variety, many wines called the grape variety in Italy, but rarely do we see Zinfandel. Let's talk about this wine.
9: Well, the reason we call it Zinfandel, even though it is a DOC Primitivo to Manduria, we call it Zinfandel because we took Ridge Geyserville plant material back in uh, in the late 90s to Apulia, planted there, and after we grafted on, it became such a big hit, Trebekieri now for the third time. the wine wine is really special. We call the a little bit of California grown in Italy.
1: When we talk about Ridge, we're talking about the winery, um, Ridge, and Geyserville is one of the sub there in the Napa District. And this Cinfandel seems to be um, a little more uh, a, a new world in style. I get some new oak on this wine. It's it's very um, it's ripe, but it, it's balanced. But you get this beautiful toffee note uh, just sort of caramelizing all this fruit.
9: Well, you have a much better Palate than your reputation leads to believe, Christopher. <laughs> now you're absolutely right. The wine we like, we say, I say, it does have a little bit of characteristics of both places. You know, we 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 chalk it up to evolution, uh, uh, the plant maturing in a way in California that just doesn't happen in Italy.
1: Well, let's talk about TrebbiCarry for a second. Um, and this is basically means three cups. And uh, the gentleman we had, a I had a pleasure of being in a seminar with Marco was one of the founders of TrebbiCarry. Is that what you know about?
9: Yeah, I don't know Marco personally, but Gregory, the owner of the winery, has uh, been close friends with him for a long time, so we do the tour every year that we win, which we're lucky enough, it's happened for the last six years in a row, so Which is um,
1: great, because that's a, a huge um, uh, compliment, knowing that they taste 25,000 to 40,000 wines, and only 400 are actually get the, the Trape Carry. Now, um, these are like Michelin Stars, and speaking of Michelin Stars, I'm looking at this Fellini wine, and Uh, tell me about this. This is a Primitivo di Manduria, which is very similar to
9: this uh, Zinfandel. Same region, right? Yeah, same region, but this is not, this is old vine plant material that's native to Abouya. It's the very first wine to ever earn the Trebicchieri Honor in 1997. No other producer in Abouya had ever accomplished that, or since then, not as many as Gregory Padrucci has uh, accumulated. So what's
1: the secret down there in the very, very warm region? Is it fermentation temperature? Do you have concrete vats. Is this oak aged or neutral oak? What's the story?
9: There's a lot of all of that that plays a role. You have to make sure you have the proper amount of fruit. Not too much, not too little. You have to harvest much earlier if you want to keep your alcohol levels and over-ripening down. And you have to pull back on the oak because these are fruit-driven wines. They're not, they, these wines aren't going to age 40 years or 30 years like Barolo.
1: Very cool. So how, where do we find these beautiful wines? Um, Fellini, F-E-L-I-N-E Uh, these Italian wines, where are they uh, available in Seattle or King County?
9: Um, Well, Unique is our distributor, and they sell in a lot of places, so you can pretty much go to any local wine shop, tell them Unique is the distributor, and you can get a hold of them. Um, But Metropolitan Market carries them um, and and a few other really great shops. We
1: love Metropolitan Market. Well, Craig Heston, what a treat to reconnect uh, on the Italian seashore in Apulia, And this is delicioso, and I want to say, Mille, grazie, Craig. Thank you so much. Ah, grazie, Christopher. Thank you. Ah, nothing like Italian wines in the city. Hey, hope you enjoyed my tasting at Gambero Rosso. Uh, I've got another great interview with my friends from Arceno. It's tenuta de Arceno. So stick around, folks. Listen to Happy Hour Radio right here on 570 KVI.
0: Big names, big news. Sean Hannity. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan.
1: Uh, what a great Saturday night. Hope you're digging on that Italian wine. I got one more of my friends from Tenuta di Acheno. So stick around. we got more wine to come. Kristen, welcome to Happy Hour.
2: Thank you for having me, Christopher.
1: So, let's talk about uh, Tenuto di Arceno. Uh, where was this fa- family founded? This is a family winery, I'm assuming.
2: It is. So, we're still 100% family owned by the Jackson family, who are actually based in California, but they purchased the Arceno estate in 1994. So, we've been in the Chianti Class series since then.
1: Now, is this a new producer, or actually, they bought a uh, chateau, they call it a uh, bodega.
2: Um, it's a new, It's they established the winery essentially and brought in the winemakers, planted and replanted a lot of the vineyard, but the Tenuta di Arceno has been the estate name for many, many years. It's a, actually a Roman pre-Etruscan estate, so it's been quite established for hundreds of
1: years. So the Etruscan Society is all about, that's how Tuscany came about, actually. The yeah. Etruscans, the name Tuscany, and et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about these wines. Absolutely. I just tasted the Tenuta di Arcceno uh, Chianti Classico Reserva 2012. Now, when you talk about Reserva wines, you're really talking about a little extra barrel and bottle aging. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. So with this one, we always do predominantly Sangiovese as we are required to, but um, we also have some excellent Bordeaux varieties planted on the estate. So in 2012, we actually put about 10% Cabernet Sauvignon in to add a little bit of backbone.
1: And for the rules, yeah, um, basically Chianti class so it can be up to 10% uh, other varieties. In, in the old days, they used to be white varieties and other random red varieties, but uh, um, when they found out that Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot and, uh, well, Cabernet Franc can add structure to the wines, uh, a little more flesh, uh, they, they said allowed that, which makes great wines. And we love this. What town, what village, what commune is uh, Tenuz de Archeno so residing in? Actually,
2: at? you probably would know Siena, we're about 45 minutes outside Siena, but we're by a very tiny, tiny village called San Guzme, so there's about a hundred people that live there. Uh, a <laughs> hundred? Yes.
1: Uh, Siena one of my favorite towns there in the Tuscan landscape. So second wine, you have three here. Tell me about wine number two.
2: So this is our, almost, I would call our flagship Sangiovese. It's our 2008 Strada del Sasso. It's um, also- Wait,
1: wait, wait, the- say that again.
2: Strada al Sasso. So it's our 100% Sangiovese in every vintage, but it comes from our um, El Porta block. So it comes from the same Sangiovese block year in and year out. And we only make it in exceptional vintages. And we always hold it back quite a few years because um, we like to show a little bit of age in our Sangiovese. So All
1: right, so 2008. 2008, and I'm just tasting it. It's very polished, very silky. Um, it has some concentration and flavor. Great structure. The acidity is just medium plus. The tannin is very, very well ripened and um, integrated into this wine. In fact, um, as far as Canon Clascos go, this is not an astringent wine whatsoever. Tell me about, what does this run? Because I'm thinking this is in that 50 plus dollar range.
2: This is actually retails for about
1: $30. Bingo. Alright, so that means it's a <laughs> great sales. So tell us what the wine is again. So it's
2: our 2008 Strada Sasso, Chianti Classico Reserva. 100% yeah, Sangiovese.
1: I love it. So let's call it Sassy Chianti. Alright. All right. Yeah, all right. Like the last it. wine here is going to be a blend, right? That is
2: correct. Validorna.
1: Validorna. Yeah,
2: so we do um, a couple Super Tuscans off the estate. This is our Merlot based Super Tuscan. So we do always about 50 plus percent Merlot. In this vintage, this is 2010. We did six 60 percent Merlot blended in a few other Bordeaux varieties, but this comes primarily from our Valladorna block and our Capraia block. So we're really looking and centering in on the, what are those top Merlot blocks we're able to source off of the vineyard.
1: When you talk about these Merlot blocks, I mean, is this all one contiguous vineyard or do we have separate sites? It's,
2: um, so it's a 2,500 acre estate, 200 plus vineyards planted vineyard land. Um, so it's the, the varying topography, there's hill size, there's different slopes, we have elevation up to about 1,800 feet and from down to about 500 feet. So we really get a lot of variation and depending on that our two winemakers really mapped out this vineyard and planted what made sense in those spots. So Sangiovese is in a very different place than our Merlot and our Cabernet Franc for example.
1: So your winemakers are actually American and French is that correct?
2: That is correct. Our um, sort of our master winemaker Pierre Saint, um really started for about 30 years in Bordeaux and so you get off of the Super Tuscan a lot of that Bordelais style they're built to age, beautiful ageability on the wines. And he actually makes wine in Tuscany, Sentimental as well as Sonoma County to this day. And then Lawrence Cronin um, actually came from the U.S. and has been on the estate for the past 15, well, since kind of the beginning of the the uh, purchase. So since the late 1990s, he's been. It was
1: there. The
2: 1994, I thought, right? Yeah, so late 1990s, he's been there, sort of in the beginning. Um, but he really oversees a lot of the San Giovese program. So he's responsible for those first two wines that you tasted.
1: Well they're all delicious. Now this Valadorna is um, a huge wine. A mouthfeel is still polished but you've got so much grip and tannin in a great way. Um, The acid is moderate plus and the finish is complex. Uh, Where do these wines price at and where can we find them in Seattle?
2: So this one is $80 retail the Super Tuscan and then the other two I said uh, $30 and then $20. So they're available um, off and on premise so different restaurants throughout the area. You'll see the Chianti Classico Reserve on a lot of uh, by the glass list, um, and then Valadorna has some of those top Italian restaurants and accounts. You'll see them there for sure.
1: Well, uh, Kristen Reitzel, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, yeah. So much whiskey, so much chowder, and so much Italian wine. Life is good. Hope you enjoyed tonight's show. You can find me on happyhourradio.net. And remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver.
10: Cheers!